As we continue our series of podcasts through the Ten Commandments, we come to the Fourth Commandment. It's been a couple weeks since we've done one of these podcasts, and it's been for a couple reasons. Um, number one is just life, you know, the busyness of life. Number two is the Fourth Commandment has to deal with the Sabbath. We'll read the commandment here in a little bit. The Sabbath commandment is by far the most challenging commandment in the Ten Commandments. And so it took me a couple weeks to think through this and consider this commandment. And we'll get into the specifics of that here in a little bit. What I want to do first is I want to read the commandment, and then we'll do our best to sort of think through the Sabbath commandment. And maybe you'll understand why this is one of the most challenging commandments to think about in our day and age. But again, remember what our, our goal is through this series of podcasts is to think about the Ten Commandments and how we apply them today. How are they relevant for 21st century Christians? So, if you're in Exodus 20 with me, which is where we find the Ten Commandments, we're going to look at verses 8 to 11. This is the fourth commandment. This is what it says. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six, day, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The fourth commandment has to deal with the Sabbath day. And I'm going to be honest, I'm still not entirely convinced one way or the other about the Sabbath. And if you're anything like me, you've grown up observing the Sabbath to some degree, and then you got to a place in your life where it seemed silly and unnecessary, and then you punted the Sabbath day completely. And that's what I have come through. There was parts of my life growing up where we were not supposed to do certain things on the Sabbath. You just weren't. You're supposed to keep, you know, we observed Sunday. Growing up, that was our Sabbath. Um, you were supposed to go to church, worship God, and you weren't supposed to work. You weren't supposed to go to the mall. You weren't supposed to do common things on the Sabbath. And so, you know, my family tried to observe those things and you just, you just didn't on the Sabbath. So we came from that. And then, you know, obviously there's confusion as there is today about the Sabbath. So no one really knew how to answer a lot of those questions. So it just got to a point in our family and our denomination and our church where nobody really talked about the Sabbath and everybody just seemed like, Hey, those rules are silly. I don't think they apply for today. And so let's just toss them. And so now the, the Sabbath, anything is lawful. Anything is, you know, do anything you want on the Sabbath. You know, go to church. That's still a good thing, of course. But uh, besides that, Sabbath is just another day. Well, again, I want to think through these things. I want to make sure that we are thinking biblically and rightly about all the Ten Commandments. And the Sabbath one is the most challenging one. I, it's the most ambiguous. But if you notice here in Exodus 20... Out of all the Ten Commandments, <laughs> this is what's challenging, it gets the most 
verses. It gets the, the, it's the one that's talked about the most. Isn't that a little confusing? If you read the Ten Commandments, I mean, the first three he spends talking about how important it is to serve and worship the one true God. And you would think, man, that deserves, you know, several verses, maybe an entire chapter, maybe even more than that, to talk about how holy God is and how we should serve and worship him only. And it does men- mention a couple verses on that, but then it kind of moves forward, you know, to um, not taking the Lord's uh, the Lord's name in vain. We talked about that last podcast. And then we find ourselves here at verses 8 to 11, three really big verses, four actually, about the Sabbath. And so I look at this going, well, that's pretty important. If I'm going to, if I'm going to read through a text and through the 10 commandments and, you know, number four is the most talked about commandment in all of the 10 commandments, then it seems pretty important. And he says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to to the Lord your God. And then he tells us you should not work on it. Your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, all these people shouldn't do anything work related on the Sabbath. And then he tells us in verse 11, because the Lord did that. Six days the Lord worked. He made heaven and earth and the sea and everything that is in them. And he made a Sabbath day where he simply rested. And we know that about creation, right? God didn't have to have seven days to create the world because he created everything in six days. The only reason he created the next day, the seventh day, was to rest not because God needs rest, but he was going to show us and teach us something by doing that. So, I mean, and think about that. I mean, every week we've ever lived upon this earth has seven days. And when God created the days, he created one of them simply to not work. Six days you shall labor and get all your work done. And on the seventh, you don't. You rest, you keep it holy unto the Lord. And so that's what we're talking about tonight. And again, our goal is how to keep the Ten Commandments today. What does that look like today? And again, the Sabbath one is tricky. There are people who think, and you know, entire denominations who think Sabbath keeping is incredibly important. So they hold to this. I mean, they don't do any work. The Sabbath day is big time for certain denominations. You don't do any work. You keep it holy into the Lord. A lot of people still keep it on Saturday instead of Sunday. And that's huge. And so you, you would better keep the Sabbath. And then there's other denominations, you know, like the one a lot of us have grown up in where it's not such a big deal. In fact, I don't even hear a lot of people talk about it. It's kind of like, you know, whatever. And I think the reason is because when you look in the new Testament, new Testament, you know, as new covenant Christians, which is what we are, you find a different message kind of about the Sabbath. One of the most familiar parts, uh, passages I can think about about the Sabbath is actually sort of, it seems to, from the language, saying it's not maybe as important as you once thought. And it's from Mark chapter 2. And I'll just, I'll just read the text. It's, it's the disciples being encountered here by the by the Pharisees, and the Pharisees always, you know, trying to point out blame in others, especially Christ and his disciples. So that's exactly what's happening here. And I'll read the passages here. 
uh, Mark 2, chapter 23. This is what it says. It says, One Sabbath he was going through the grain fields, and when they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and wasn't hungry? And with those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So when you get to passages like that in the New Testament, it, it kind of seems like the Lord is lessening the Sabbath. Which again, if you see in verse Exodus chapter 20, it seems like it's the most important commandment based on how much text he gives towards it. But then you get to the New Testament and it's very much the opposite. It's kind of like, nah, you, you misunderstood what we said about the Sabbath. And you, I know you, can, you thought you shouldn't do these things on the Sabbath, but it's actually not that big of a deal. Not only that, but if you, if you read through the rest of the New Testament, the Sabbath is just strangely silent. I mean, there are a couple passages that reference the Sabbath, and then there's a couple passages in Colossians that talk about how, you know, some weaker Christians say you got to keep Sabbath days, is what it says in Colossians 2. And Paul is saying, listen, you know, you're not supposed to be held to stuff like that. Just, you know, just follow Christ and do what Christ has taught you to do. And again, in Colossians 2, it says Sabbath days. I don't know if that's talking about the actual Sabbath or just a, a you know, uh, an observing of, you know, special days like the Jews would have done. But Throughout the New Testament, you can tell there's not much mentioned about the Sabbath, except for passages like here in Mark, where it seems to say, you know what, it doesn't, it doesn't matter as much if you eat on the Sabbath. It doesn't matter as much as you pick, you know, grains of corn on the Sabbath. You know, remember what David did when he was hungry, he ate the showbread? It wasn't that big of a deal. And so everyone is confused. <laughs> I've had many discussions about the Sabbath, just because I want to understand it. And I'm still confused to this very day. And so I just want to be honest here. I am not doing this podcast really because I've come to an understanding about the Sabbath, but I'm going to do my best here. I'd much rather you do your own study and try to figure out um, what God wants. What I don't want to do more than anything is change God's word. So I'm not going to. In Exodus 20, commandment number four, God commands his people to keep the Sabbath day holy. And it says in Revelation that if we change God's word, some very scary things can come to us. And I do not want to do that. So I'm not going to. I'm going to leave the commandment as it is. I'm going to try to help us understand it so that we can observe it according to what God desires. And at the same time, I'm going to do my very best not to put anything on top of it that I don't think the Lord would want as well. So again, let's think about the Sabbath. The reason it was created, as I mentioned, was to not work, to rest. I mean, that's exactly what God did. He created the world in seven days. He did all of his work on six days. And on the last day, he did nothing. He just rested. And then you see in Mark chapter 2, Jesus says the Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath, which means to me 
The Sabbath is not supposed to be harsh. It's not supposed to feel enslaving. It's supposed to be the complete opposite. It's supposed to be refreshing. It's supposed to be helpful. It's supposed to support you in your work, give you the rest and the strength and the legs to carry on your work in a good way. And I feel like maybe the understanding we have at the Sabbath growing up is that it was it was kind of like a chore, kind of not doing things was was kind of like work. You know, I mean, if you naturally just wanted to hang out with your friends, go to the mall, you know, go out to eat, um, do anything like that, you were inhibited from it because that's not what you do on the Sabbath. And I'm not sure if that's the best way to keep the Sabbath holy because the intent was always to rest. That was the entire reason the Sabbath was created, for you and I to have rest so that in the next six days we could work and we could work productively and we could work unto the Lord. And you can tell the bodies that we have, we need rest. I mean, that's obvious, right? I need rest at night. I need, you know, seven, eight hours of sleep every single night. My body needs it. If I don't get that rest, I am not good the next day. And you can tell the body is even designed to not go seven full days of work. In fact, we have what we call a weekend. You know, a lot of people at least that have, you know, normal uh, Monday to Friday jobs. Um, we work for five days and then there are two days that we don't work. And, you know, sometimes Saturday is a, a chore day and Sunday is typically church day and fellowship day and worship day. And we try to do restful things. At least my family has. Not necessarily as an observance of the Sabbath, because I really haven't understood the Sabbath, but it's just kind of been ingrained in me that on Sunday, you just you just rest. You take a nap, you watch some sports, um, you just sort of get your energy and your rest, because Monday's coming, <laughs> and Monday's going to be a Monday. It's going to feel like a Monday, and the week is going to be a long grind. But I want us to think purposefully about the Sabbath. I don't want us to just fall backwards into something, whatever we were taught through family or whatever. I want us to know what God wants for the Sabbath. And I guess the conclusion I've come to is he does want us to observe it. But I want to read you some words that I came across that I just think are full of wisdom. The best thing I could tell you about the Sabbath is I'm going to lean upon the wisdom of others and just hope it benefits you and blesses you, because it has for me. And again, I'm still kind of working through it. But I found, you know, Matthew Henry's commentary is just so rich. If you have, you know, times where you study the Bible and, and use some helps, Matthew Henry's commentary is free, it's online, and it's rich and deep. And I would just suggest, you know, when you're using tools and helps, that that is one of the first ones you go to. But I want to read Matthew Henry's phrasing of the Sabbath, at least as we find there in Mark 2, where he's kind of describing what is going on here with the Pharisees and the disciples. Because the Pharisees are basically saying, hey, listen, Jesus, what's going on here? You're supposed to be the son of God? You're supposed to know the law of God more than anybody, and here your disciples are plucking grains of corn on the Sabbath. It's like, What? You know, that doesn't sound very son of God-like to me. 
You know, I mean, shouldn't the disciples be the ones who keep the Sabbath more than anybody? And now we're finding that they're picking corn on the Sabbath and you know, you're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath, which literally means don't do anything with your hands. Don't pick anything. Don't go anywhere. Just sit and be still for the entire day. And of course, we know the Pharisees, their hearts weren't aligned with God. They were just trying to smear Jesus and his disciples. They weren't seeking to learn. They weren't seeking to be like, hey, you know, help us understand. They were just seeking to be prideful and to knock others down, specifically Christ. Anyways, I just want to read what Matthew Henry says about this. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump around here, but I want to I want to mention a couple things that he says here about the Sabbath. This is what he says. Matthew Henry says this. He says, note, many of our mistakes would be rectified and our unjust censures of others corrected if we would but recollect what we have read in the scripture. Appeals to that are most convincing. He says, you have read that David, the man after God's own heart, when he was hungry, made no difficulty of eating the showbread, which by the law, none might eat except the priests and their families. But then he says this, Matthew Henry says this, Note, ritual observances must give way to moral obligations, and that may be done in a case of necessity, which otherwise may not be done. I'm going to read that again. Ritual observances must give way to moral obligations, and that may be done in the case of necessity, which otherwise may not be done. So basically, if, if I can put it in my own words, the disciples were doing godly things that day. They were. And they were hungry. In fact, it seems from the text, they forgot to eat. That they were so busy and focused upon doing what the Lord had had for them that day. And they forgot to eat. They forgot to nourish themselves. And so, you know, they came across some corn and plucked the ears of the corn off and started to eat it. And this is where the Pharisees got all up in arms. It's like, you can't do that on the Sabbath. And what Matthew Henry is basically saying here is, listen, if you're doing or seeking to do what is morally right, according to God's commandments and obey God, then ritual observances such as Sabbath keeping, and I want to be careful because it is a commandment, but you can tell it's not like the other commandments. The other commandments such as serve and worship the God, the one true God only, do not take his name in vain, do not make any carved and graven image. And then he goes on about, you know, how we treat other people, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not covet, do not bear false witness, are all incredibly strong moral things that each Christian should be living by. A, they're commandments of God. B, they're just, you can tell they're just, these are just moral laws and precepts that God has written upon our hearts. And we know that. I mean, every single, you know, generation, every single tribe upon this earth knows that it's wrong to take another person's life. We know that. I mean, I don't have to teach anybody that. That is just simply something you know because God wrote these things on your heart. So here's the situation in Mark 2. That's what the disciples are doing that day. That's what they're spending their time doing, and they're hungry. And so the Sabbath, as Jesus will go on to say, it was made for man, is there to service man. 
So if man is seeking to do the will of God and the Sabbath is there for man and the disciples are hungry, the best thing for them to do is observe the Sabbath and eat <laughs> and strengthen themselves and rest and, and take what is necessary so that they can do the things that God has commanded them. And so that's why the Sabbath commandment is a little tricky and challenging because you find it right smack dab in the middle of the Ten Commandments. But it seems like it's a little bit different than the other nine. In fact, if it comes down to you observing the Sabbath and you loving your neighbor and you can't do both, you can't, you have to do some sort of labor, some sort of work on the Sabbath because it will bless somebody. It will help somebody that I think confidently the Lord would want you to choose that instead of simply not working on the Sabbath. Do you see that? If the two would be at a crux there and you'd have to choose, okay, you know, somebody's hurting here. Someone is really in, in danger. Someone's really suffering here. And I have an opportunity to help that person and to bless that person, but I'm not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. So it's like, well, I wish I could, but my hands are tied. Wrong. Because the Sabbath was created for man. The Sabbath was created for you and it was created for your fellow man. So two things. If your fellow man was suffering and you could bless them, do it. Because that's what the Sabbath is created for. But also by doing that, you'd also bless yourself. And every single one of God's commandments, although when we keep them, we honor and glorify the Lord, every single one of them are also given to man for our benefit. They are. When God tells us to worship and serve the Lord God and him only, he's helping us too. Because by doing so, we, are, we find life. We, are, we find joy. We find security. We find satisfaction. We find everything we were meant and created to do by serving the one true God. The same thing goes for all the moral commandments that are, are, are spoken of towards your neighbor. Don't take another person's life. Don't commit murder. Because when you commit murder, it also hurts you. When you commit sexual immorality, it also hurts you. And all of these things God has given to us was, was for our benefit. And the Sabbath lines up with that perfectly. The Sabbath was given to man so that man wouldn't burn himself out. Because man needs to rest. And God didn't have to rest. God didn't need rest when he created the world. He wasn't tired and exhausted and winded after creating the world in six days. It was very effortless. But he did it for man. He did it to say, man, I'm looking out for you. I love you. And I want you to take a day and observe it. I want you to keep it holy. And I want you to cease from your normal activities so that when you get back at them, you're a better version of yourself. You're more rested. You're more focused, and you can do it better for the Lord. Because if you don't, and if you just do seven days without stopping over and over and over, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to be kind of like Martha in that one passage with Mary and Martha where she's distracted with much serving, and the Lord has to rebuke her, saying, Martha, you're doing stuff, but you're not doing it unto the Lord right now. You're just doing it. You're just trying to look busy. You're just trying to look productive. Martha at that moment wasn't doing good, godly work. She was doing work, but it wasn't unto the Lord. And what the Lord wants is he wants us working unto him 
And he knows that if we don't observe the Sabbath, we'll be a worse version of ourselves. I want to bump down to another thing that Matthew Henry said about this passage. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, it says, The Sabbath is a sacred and divine institution, but we must receive and embrace it as a privilege and a benefit, not as a task and a drudgery. First, God never designed it to be an imposition upon us, and therefore we must not make it so to ourselves. Man was not made for the Sabbath, for he was made a day before the Sabbath was instituted. Man was made for God and for his honor and service, and he'd just rather die and deny him, but he was not made for the Sabbath, so as to be tied up by, it, by the law of it, from that which is necessary to the support of his life. Secondly, God did not design it to be an God did design it, excuse me, to be an advantage to us, and so we must make it and improve it. He made it for man. He had some regard to our bodies in the institution that they might rest and might not be tired out with the constant busyness of this world, that thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest. Now that he intended the Sabbath rest for the repose of our bodies, certainly never intended it should restrain us in a case of necessity, from fetching the necessity supports of the body, it must be construed so as not to contradict itself for edification and not for destruction. I don't know if you understood that. I kind of stumbled over a few of the words, but basically what Matthew Henry is saying is, listen, the Sabbath again was meant to bless man. It was not meant to restrain man. When the Sabbath becomes a restraining sort of commandment, we've lost sight of what it really is because the Sabbath is meant to give you rest. It's meant to bless you. It's meant to be a help to you. I mean, that's the entire purpose of the day. And I, I mean, we know what that is like when we, when we rest, right? I mean, if, when I go to sleep at night and I get a good night's rest, man, I feel refreshed in the morning. I'm able to do good work that day. The same thing if I get one of those, you know, Sunday afternoon naps, which I love, um, it helps me. And, and that's the exact point of the Sabbath. It's supposed to be a different kind of day. It's not supposed to be like the six days that you just spent. You're supposed to spend time in, in, in worship with the Lord, you know, with fellowship with his people. You're supposed to rest. You're supposed to just do different things that help relax and refresh you. And it's not about restraining you from doing things. No, it's not. The point of the day is to relax you and refresh you and encourage you and bless you so that you can get back up the next six days and do hearty, profound work for the kingdom of God. And that's really all I'm going to leave you with, with the Sabbath. I do think we need to observe it, but I'm not here to give you any do's and don'ts, really, except what the Lord has said. Use it to bless yourself and your God by doing what it was intended to do. Help you. Encourage you. Bless you. Help you rest. Help you recoup. And I think if we don't take the time to do that, A, we're not obeying the command God gave us because it's there to help us. And B, we're going to be worse versions of ourselves. We're not going to be able to do what God has called us to do. And I know what that's like. I, I'm a man who likes to be busy. I like to stay productive. And I also know what it's like to be burned out. And it's not a good thing. When I get burnt out, I'm not helpful to anybody. I'm not helpful to my family. I'm not helpful to those I minister to. And I'm not helpful to the Lord. 
So what I need to do is I need to rest. I need to take that one in seven day that God gave us and say, stop, Todd, stop. Today, spend sweet time with the Lord. Spend time resting. Get your soul and your body right for the next six days, should the Lord grant them to you. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. I want you to think about the Sabbath and what God intended it for, and I want us to observe it in a different way, in a fresh way, in a way that's encouraging, in a way that's, you know, brings joy to our soul and go, oh yeah, that thank you, Lord. Thank you for this gift that is the Sabbath, that I can observe it unto you, Lord, and, and I can rest and I can be refreshed and hopefully be a better version of myself because of this blessed day that you gave us. And the things we shouldn't do is make weird demands about the Sabbath. And the other thing we shouldn't do is punt it and act like it doesn't exist. Because I think it does exist and I think there is a purpose for it. And I would love for you to dig and find what God has for you about the Sabbath. I hope this is encouraging to you. Thanks for listening. We'll come back at it next time with commandment number five. God bless.